Hello listeners, welcome to the Ajanoclast. I am your host, John A. Lancaster. And for today, episode 3, I will be discussing the recent claim that America was and or is just as bad as Nazi Germany. I stumbled upon this claim via a viral tweet sent out Sunday by ESPN sports personality Jamel Hill. The tweet was about a book Hill was reading that caused her to equate the United States to Nazi Germany. Here is the exact tweet. I quote, Been reading Isabel Wilkerson's new book, Cast, and if you were of the opinion that the United States wasn't nearly as bad as Nazi Germany, how wrong you are. Can't encourage you enough to read this masterpiece. Unquote. Now, first things first, I have not read Isabel Wilkerson's cast. I haven't even read the reviews of that book, so I cannot comment on what Wilkerson wrote. However, I can comment on the logic being used to justify this stance. And based on my detailed scouring of the Twitter universe, the vast majority of people who agree with Hill, and there are plenty of them, and who also supposedly read Wilkerson's cast, essentially make the claim that since the Nazis derived their plans based on the racist practices of the United States, and by racist practices they mention Jim Crow laws, slavery, and Native American genocide, and again, since the Nazis derived their plans based on these particular practices, the United States was, or some people will go as far as to say, is just as bad as Nazi Germany. So, there is evidence that the Nazis studied and cited parts of America's historical strife with the Native Americans and the blacks, as well as U.S. segregation laws, and also incorporated these findings into their administration. I was easily able to pull up two articles, uh, dating back to 2017, that go into detail about this connection. There's one by Slate, titled Hitler's American Dream, and the other one by The Atlantic, titled What America Taught the Nazis. I'm not going to go into the particulars of the articles, because this podcast episode does not concern the validity of the evidence, but the claim in conjunction with the evidence provided. And that is the claim that the U.S. is and or was as bad as Nazi Germany, based on America's supposed influence on the Nazis. Now, there's a very simple and quick way to dismantle this particular claim. You see, the Nazis' citation of the American developments, you know, concerning the blacks and Native Americans, doesn't necessarily mean the Nazis derived their rationale for their dastardly practices from America. There's a brief statement in the aforementioned Atlantic article that explains why. I quote, but even indisputable evidence of the Germans' intense interest in American models doesn't clinch a formative role for U.S. racial law. After all, Nazism's intellectual and political leaders may very well have utilized American examples 
merely to make more legitimate the grotesque designs they already planned to pursue. Unquote. Simply put, citations and references don't mean that the Nazis' plans were based on the United States. The Nazis had an incentive to cite American developments. The incentive was to legitimize their heinous treatment of the Jews. In light of this incentive, there needs to be evidence that proves the Nazis actually derived their plans from the Americans, rather than just using American references as a political maneuver before the premise of the cast readers can be accepted. But I'm going to take this whole thing a step further. Alright, let's assume that the Nazis did, in fact, derive their plans from studying America. All their plans, including the entirety of the Holocaust, inspired by the United States. Let's suppose this. That still doesn't justify the moral equivalation of the United States and Nazi Germany. When someone says the United States is as bad as Nazi Germany, they are making a moral judgment. They are valuing the reprehensibility of America as equal to the reprehensibility of Nazi Germany. And they are doing this based on the supposed influence that America had on Nazi Germany, which we will assume is true. This valuation also necessitates guilt since one party's moral standing is being judged based on the influence of committed acts, namely the actions committed by the United States regarding Native Americans and blacks and how those acts influence the Nazis. So the claim goes that the United States is guilty of committing acts against Native Americans and blacks that inspired the Nazis. Therefore, the United States is and or was just as, quote, bad, unquote, as Nazi Germany. But here's the thing. Those particular acts of the United States were not committed in any connection to Nazi Germany. The Nazis were not involved in any fashion in the formation or enforcement of Jim Crow laws, United States slavery, or the brutalities against Native Americans. The Nazis voluntarily studied these acts of their own volition, looked into U.S. slavery, and, according to the cast readers, derived their plans from the United States. So while the U.S. may be guilty of committing certain acts, they are not guilty of how those acts were interpreted. The supposed interpretation is what led to the Nazis' atrocities. Interpretation is inherently the property of the interpreter due to individuals solely having domain over their own minds. No one can telekinetically control how another person, left to their own devices, perceives events. Since groups are comprised of individuals, this principle applies to groups. One group cannot control the conclusions independently arrived at by another group. Ergo, the moral guilt of the Nazis' rationale rests solely on the Nazis' shoulders, not America's or any other group's. 
So making a claim that America had or has any equivalent moral standing to the Nazis based on the Nazis' own interpretations, which no other entity except the Nazis themselves were in control of, is completely nonsensical. Furthermore, there are plenty of other examples where one could apply this kind of logic and see how well it fits. Take, for example, the novel Catcher in the Rye, which is a coming-of-age story. Beatles legend John Lennon was murdered by a crazed fan who was supposedly under the influence of this particular novel. Now, would it make any sense to punish J.D. Salinger, the novel's author, for the actions of Lennon's murderer, although Salinger himself had absolutely nothing to do with the murderer? The same question can be extended to John Hinckley Jr., who tried to assassinate then-President Ronald Reagan to win the affection of actress Judy, I'm sorry, Jodie Foster. Does John Hinckley Jr.'s actions somehow implicate guilt on Foster's part, though Foster did not involve herself whatsoever in Hinckley Jr.'s scheme? The answer to both of these cases has been clearly and obviously established as no, because it's generally accepted that the murderer's actions did not reflect any wrongdoing on the part of their inspirational sources, i.e. Salinger and Foster. Conversely, the morality of Salinger's and Foster's personal conduct and actions does not shift based upon the actions of the two murderers, who acted completely of their own volition. Yet, the cast reader's claim implies the exact opposite when it comes to the supposed influence of America on Nazi Germany, which is logically inconsistent. The cast reader's claim is not so much an argument at all, but simply rhetoric to smear the reputation of the United States. Those kind of smear tactics may be good for sound bites and gaining social media attention, but they mean absolutely nothing in establishing any sort of moral guidance. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ijanoclast. As always, I've provided the relevant links in the description. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, subscribe, and check out my essays, spoken word poems, and curated videos, which are also linked down below. Thank you again. God bless.